switch it on on F104 and endometriosis is one of the most common gynae conditions in Ireland and affects approximately 1 in 10 women and yet seems to be one of the hardest to diagnose. To tell us more about her own story, Ruth Ann, hello. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Thank you for popping into us. So tell us about your own journey with this. So I started having pains when I launched as an artist in 2018 so I started touring Mm -hmm. and I started just getting randomly really terrible pains and I didn't really understand I thought maybe am I eating bad or I don't know I thought maybe it was IBS and then the pain started becoming more and more frequent to the point where I was 24 hour a day in pain for three weeks out of every month and then I'd have a break for about five days where the pain would be a bit less and then it would mm-hmm. come back and I mean pains like I'd get be getting punched repeatedly in the stomach like my ripped like felt like my insides were being ripped apart I'd get stabbing pains like I was being stabbed in the back I'd have trouble walking mm-hmm. I collapsed at the gym several times when I was working out I'd have to be brought to the hospital um, and yeah that was where my journey of of trying to find what was wrong with me started and then I went on a two-year hunt to find because every blood test was normal mm-hmm. so I was getting blood tests repeatedly I was um, getting scans I had ultrasounds MRI and nothing was ever showing up so I was being told you're fine and I was like, but I'm not fine. I can feel this. Like, I'm not making this up. Yeah, but you're kind of treated like, you know, but you're grand though. It's just your period or, mm. but you know, the first sign of endometriosis is a painful period. A lot of people don't. I mean, I know when I was growing up when I had painful periods, it wasn't, it was just, that's just what it's it is. It's part of it. You just can get but, on with it. You know, yeah. but now, now that I've researched so much about this since becoming, you know, since being diagnosed, it's yeah. just, it's not, that's the first signal is painful periods. If you have to medicate yourself, if you have to take time off school, if you're vomiting, if you're fainting, if you have to, if you're bedridden and it's affecting your work, that is not normal. And that's the first sign of having to go see a doctor. Now, Mm. mine had gotten so severe that I was having 24-hour day pain. Some people just have pain around their period every month, but mine had become so severe that it was just so out of control that I was having pain every day. And that was when it was very, very tough to to manage because doctors were telling me I was fine, but I was far from fine. So what would happen then when you'd be brought into hospital with these pains? Would they just kind of give you medication and send you home again? Painkillers. Wow. That was what I was given was just pain meds and sometimes they were trying to, you know, strong and I and I never wanted to be put on opioids or anything like that but it was always just there's nothing we can do for you everything looks fine, you know, you just have to go on pain meds and it was just, that was just so a lot of the time when I was at that time I was launching as an artist so I was on a very grueling schedule of touring radio stations I probably mm-hmm. was in here in loads of pain and I'd, I'd go straight from the bed in a robe into the car and I'd be literally screaming sometimes of the pain on the way and then I'd come in and I'd just have to you know and I looked fine anyone looking at me I'd have makeup on I'd be dressed I'd be doing photo shoots I'd be going on stage sometimes wow. in absolutely horrendous pain I'd be getting punched on stage during songs like going oh my god oh my god just get just to get to the set and I'd come off stage and people would be like you were so good but I was just trying to get through the performances. You weren't even enjoying it probably. Well, I, I was sometimes. There was some days I would have less pain, but there was a lot of times during that period where, yeah, it was it was tough because everything, I was struggling to walk sometimes. So mm. the amount of energy it takes to perform and to be on, you know, as a performer yeah. and you can't be on stage going, I'm in loads of pain. You have to like get on with it. <laughs> yeah. So it was really tough. And, and that was the other reason I love, to, I love to talk about it and I'm passionate about it is because anyone looking at me throughout that time would never have guessed that I was going through this like horrendous 
full body disease and think of the amount of women who are trying to raise kids in this type of pain who are doing the school runs who are trying to go to work who are you know doing jobs a lot tougher than mine and who are trying to deal with this type of pain and they just go ignored for years Mm. you know so So you were saying it took two years yes which is short yeah because a lot of people it kind of they, they, as you said and as you experienced they kind of fob you off and they kind of just let you go on yeah. with it the problem is it's so hard to diagnose yeah. we don't have very many specialists in Ireland and um, so we have a very old 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 methods of surgery that doesn't that's not effective and can make it worse we don't have the right care we don't have the right aftercare there's it's a full body disease and there's so much that needs to be done for the care of it and it's not it's no cure and there's no there's not enough research so and it's very the only way to definitively diagnose endometriosis is the surgery the laparoscopy mm-hmm. they can um, have an inkling you have it sometimes cysts can show up on scans I had none of that so to ev- to on paper my health looked completely normal so for me the reason why it only took two years in my case was because I was in such 24 hour day pain that I had to I had to keep I couldn't live the way you I was living it, it was completely yeah. ruining my quality of life and my work and my career it was affecting everything so I had to keep going and I went to an endometriosis specialist in the UK mm. and he sat with me for two hours my first wow. consultation which was the longest anyone he went through everything and he said I'm not 99% positive that you have it even though your scans are normal I think you should do the surgery and when I did the surgery he found he was four hours and he found stage four deep infiltrating endometriosis which is the worst stage in my bowels pelvis and bladder wow. Um now a lot of women will tell you that they're that they were ten years waiting, that yeah. they were ten years searching because they may have only like had pains during their period, but then they're fine. And then you see you get on with your month, and then it comes mm-hmm. back, and then and then the doctors are saying, oh, but that's just your period. There's nothing wrong with you. So it takes a long time to get diagnosed, and that's the problem is that it's such a long process. And a lot of the time, and it's not the doctors trying to fob you off. Some uh, more as like it's so hard to diagnose that a lot of doctors want to search for everything else first because to go it's the endometriosis, it's easier to put yeah. you on a list for the surgery. I'm so fortunate that I was able to pay for private, but imagine the amount of women. If I was on the public list, I would have lost my bowel. The doctor oh, was like, God. you you were near to losing your bowel. You, ha- you're, you, you had to do it this way. But imagine the amount of people who can't afford that or who are on these public lists and could lose organs or it can affect your fertility. You know, and it, it takes so long to kind of go through so that long. process. Yeah. And so the reason why it's so important to talk about it and to raise awareness for it is because the younger that it can be diagnosed, the the sooner it can be treated, the better. Because in my case, I was 34, I think, or 33 maybe when I got, yeah, 33. And that's the first time in my 30s learning yeah. about menstrual health, learning about endometriosis. What is this word? What does it mean? Why am I 33 hearing and that for the first time? Yeah. yeah, I want 17-year-olds listening, yeah. 18, 19, 20, to know the signs yes I was having 24 hour day pain but in a lot of cases it's right around your period is when the worst pains are and then as it progresses it gets worse and worse so those those symptoms those signs like don't ignore them be your own biggest health advocate and do not do not stop until you get the answers I always say this to people as well no doctor could tell me what I was feeling in my body I don't mm-hmm. care what a test mm-hmm. says mm-hmm. if I know I'm not right I'm the one who's lived in my body for 33 years I know when my body so you have to be the person that's going know I know there's something wrong you know you fight have to yourself. you have to fight for yourself because yeah. sometimes with endometriosis it, it can't be seen until you have the surgery and and that's the hard thing about it so that's why we need to raise more 
awareness about it so that we can get better funding and better research. That's the thing. We probably need more research here and also education. Younger people need to know about it. Yeah, so I've actually been in touch with some um, senators and TDs because I really want there to be, there's a module in New Zealand where they go into schools, Brilliant. like transition year students or, mm. or fifth year, sixth year, and they go in and they do uh, a talk on endometriosis and other menstrual health like PCOS. They talk about infertility, they talk Amazing. about hormone mm. imbalances because we learn so much in school why do we not learn about what's going on in our bodies and boys should know it too because my partner has had a whole awakening of just like (laughs) you know this thing that at first he was like are you just saying you're in pain to get out of putting the bins out you know because it was so ridiculous how much I was in pain um and then he, this has opened up a whole world for him that he's like, I wish I knew about this. So mm-hmm. it's so important that we get educated about what could be going on in our bodies. Why are we in our 30s? Before we hear these before words. Before we hear these words. And we never would have known yeah. before, you know? Yeah. It's like in school, it's so like, don't have a baby, don't have a baby, don't have a baby, exactly. don't have a baby. Yeah. But then they don't really tell you Everything about else. all the hurdles that you yeah. can go through trying to conceive or what could um, be affecting your fertility and endometriosis affects fertility, you know? So it's it's just so important. There's no excuse for it not to be taught in schools, no. um, even a module of it. I mean, as soon as you have a period, you should be able to, you, to be educated about your body. 100%. So how have you been since? So I had um, the wide excision surgery, which if anyone who's listening is going through these symptoms, that is the only surgery that you should be getting. Mm -hmm. So find an endometriosis specialist here who performs a wide excision surgery. If they mention the word ablation or laser, I would not recommend that because it can actually, it's kind of like just goes over the top of it and doesn't actually get to the root of the problem. So it can cause it to come back quicker. It can cause lots of problems. Um, So I had a wide excision surgery in 2019 Mm -hmm. and I now am for the most part pain free. I do have the sister disease, which is adenomyosis. I don't want to get too uh, medical here, (laughs) but it's inside my uterus. So that, I still have some symptoms because of Mm -hmm. that because they can't get rid of that until they take my uterus away. But obviously I want to have children but luckily I conceived at uh, my my Lily May um, my 16 month old mm-hmm. um, about a, I say it was about a year or two after my surgery mm-hmm. and I live mostly pain free and the difference of just it saved my life I mean it didn't it's endometriosis is not life threatening to your life but it's life threatening to your the future lives of your kids mm-hmm. and it affects your quality of life so there's a lot of women uh, me included who when you're in the pain you would do anything to stop the pain yeah. because the pain is all you can think about it's yeah. like having the worst dental pain you know and you and you, and you're, you can't concentrate on anything else because you've got this pain and so for me it's like the minute I got to surgery it was like honestly it felt like a, a demon I know this sounds weird but it, I felt no, lighter I it felt like a demon yet. had left my body in yeah. my mental health I was clearer in my head yeah. the fatigue was gone the pain was gone and you yeah you finally so, embrace all these things that you were getting to enjoy yeah and you properly. finally kind of understand oh this is what it's like to feel well again so you know the difference between because a lot of the time with endometriosis you second guess yourself you do think you're making especially this, when they keep asking is this you know, really as painful yeah, yeah. maybe I'm you know imagining the pain like you go through all yeah. this in your head because people are telling you but you look great and you know, and I was bloated to the point of people thinking I was pregnant when I wasn't pregnant, mm. and that's another symptom of it as well. So it kind of ruins your self esteem, your confidence. So it's just really important to talk about it, and 
to take the stigma away from it. It's nothing to be embarrassed about or ashamed about mm-hmm. because I don't think it's one in ten. I think it's one in five because I think there's a lot of women that are waiting to be That's diagnosed. Yeah. So I think it's a lot worse than what, you know, the statistics show from just knowing even friends of mine since I came out with my story, then some of my friends were like, oh my God, I have a lot of that. And then a few of my friends have had the surgery and like, I just feel like it is getting a lot more awareness, mm-hmm. but we need to now get it educated in schools. Yeah, and uh, like actually... Like we were saying, it's so different for so many different women. So it yeah. could literally, like as you say, it's probably a lot more than what statistics yeah, are saying. every case is different. No case is kind of the same. But the women kind of experience the same mental and physical pain. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, and the and the other thing about the, the Irish care for it is there is no aftercare. After you've had surgery, a lot of the women I've spoken to are just sent on the merry way. There you go, you've had the surgery, on you go. But there's a whole, like when you live with... Uh, incurable disease like endometriosis there's a whole lifestyle change there's keeping inflammation down in the body which is linked Mm -hmm. to food which is linked to gluten there's you know physiotherapy because you've just had a major surgery you know it's like there's and and a lot of the time women are sent off on their merry way like okay see you later Mm -hmm. Um, you're fixed now and and you're not fixed because you need to implement all these lifestyle changes and I'll be honest with you it's very difficult to then be told A you have an incurable disease Mm -hmm. B you have to now you know, limit your sugar, uh, anti-inflammatory all these other nutrition. Things that have to come into it. Go yeah. to physiotherapy yeah. to fix. You know, to fix your pelvic floor. There's all these different things that you have to go through, and so I think in this country we're really lacking that support for the women who have endometriosis and these, and not just endometriosis, any menstrual health condition, any hormonal imbalance, PCOS, you know, fertility issues. There's not really the support of the aftercare or the care. There's so many things that you can be doing yourself at home um, that can help with your symptoms. It doesn't Mm -hmm. cure it, but it can help. And I had to go on a huge journey of just researching, reading books, learning, going and figuring it out myself as well. In the UK, I have to say, they were amazing at at guiding me into, you know, what I needed to to eat, where to go. But do we have that? in Ireland I just I just I haven't seen it yet and I have a lot no. of women um, since I posted that visual uh, painting of, of of what it feels like to live with endometriosis reaching out to me saying they just they just don't know where to go and there's just no resource here and that just breaks my heart because no one should have to suffer in this type of pain um, and, and, and be ignored and then also have to travel for treatment yes a lot of travelling for, for, for treatment and I had to go to the UK I've spoke to a lot of women who've had to go to the UK mm. um, Turkey um, I mean, I think I spoke to a woman who went to Romania because they're just so much more advanced than we are. Yeah. Uh, they do the correct surgery. They have more specialists. That's the other thing. We just don't have enough specialists to cater for the amount of women here that have it and to do the right, you know, the right stuff for them. So it's just really important that we start to really make this a priority in this country because there's more and more women suffering. Um, it's not going anywhere. It's an epidemic and it's just as common as diabetes, yeah. you know, and yet it's not treated as a disability here it affects work there's just just, a lot with endometriosis that should be um, happening here absolutely Ruthann thank you so much for coming in telling us your story it's a lot I know it's a lot no but it's happening so many people and I think it's important that we talk about it 100% no thank you so much